Good afternoon, everyone. Antonio, welcome to my show, The Church of the Soul's Evolution, where I talk about spiritual matters. And in this world today, where there's killing going on and war, ways right for spiritual development to hear, to develop ourselves spiritually. And it really saddens me that we are still stuck in that war mind frame, you know? Why? I personally want to make contact with extraterrestrials that are out there. But no, some people have to go and kill people. 200 Israelis at least were killed today. My fellow brothers and sisters, I'm part Jewish. For no good reason, killing somebody, ending their life, that's against God's will. And there's a price to be paid. But this is the world we live in. The war keeps on going. War too. You would think we would have learned our lesson from that all those years ago, over seven years ago. But no. There are a small minority in the world, my friends, who are running roughshod over all of us. The majority of us are good, decent, family-oriented people, loving, generous, kind. But then there are the bullies, the dictators, the tyrants, who make it difficult for most of us. Killing people, Hamas today, if you hadn't heard, attacked some Israeli buildings, houses, and killed over 200 people. I am 8% European Jewish. I had my DNA done over the last few years. Um, Part 55%. English, Scottish, and Welsh, 37% Irish, and 8% European Jewish. I was talking with my wife last night, saying that it feels good to be part Jewish, and I'm proud of that. Let me tell you why Jewish people are the way they are. Now, I understand that some people listening out there might not have heard me say this before on a previous show, which I have at least once. And it makes me wonder sometimes, am I the only advanced old soul out there? I'm dealing with a bunch of kindergarten children, you know, out there in the world who don't know better, who aren't concerned with matters of the spirit or the soul. And I'm the older brother I don't think so. Hold on just a minute. One of our dogs is coming in. It upsets me. I spend all my day developing myself spiritually. I pray all the time to God. I pray for everybody. Are you praying? Some people are. Some people aren't. They should be. Tomorrow... It's not guaranteed for all of us. Today is a gift. Today is a blessing. Why can't we learn to love each other instead of kill each other? As I was saying, the Israelis, a long time ago, and if you don't believe this, it's okay. You're entitled to your opinion. But I've learned this from a book. I've learned from other people. I hope other people can learn from me. We can learn from each other. A long time ago, maybe... I can't remember what it said, 
many thousands of years ago, there was an expedition from another solar system in our Milky Way galaxy that landed here on planet Earth. They came from a planet called Hebra, H-E-B-R-A, therefore the Hebrew race, the correlation there, you see it? They landed here in their spaceship, and the spaceship broke down. They tried to repair it. There was an explosion. Some of them were killed, and they were forced to stay here. Now, I've explained this before in other shows. Here in the universe, which you know is an extremely large place, there are different categories of planets. Planet Earth is a Category 1 planet out of a scale of 1 to 9. 9 being the most advanced, technologically and spiritually. And these people from Hebra were from a planet of a higher evolutionary category. Now, living on planets of different evolutionary categories is not conducive to the spirit when the soul of attention being, we have to be conducive, if you understand what I mean, to the atmosphere of a particular and the category of evolution of a particular planet. So I can't remember, I don't think it said what level of evolution these people came from, maybe a third degree, a third category of evolution planet, and they landed on Earth, which is okay, but they can only do that for a certain amount of time, 10 days, I think, is the maximum. The same thing, you can't go forward to a planet of a higher evolutionary category. So if we were to land, let's say we had the capability to be star travelers with our technology, utilizing anti-gravity, electromagnetic, propulsion systems, which we have available here, but the U.S. government and other governments around the world are not disclosing that we own it because of national security reasons and because they think we can't handle the truth as the public. I can understand the national security reasons. I don't understand them not thinking that we can handle it, finding out about it. Maybe it's because of the Incident with the War of the Worlds back in the 30s when Orson Welles went on the radio and actually scared people that we were being attacked by Martians. But national security reasons in this world we live in, when just recently, a short 70 years ago, like I was saying, in World War II, the Nazi empire was trying to take over the world, dominate the world. Hitler was going to subjugate everybody to his oppression there, you know, his radical beliefs, his racism. But fortunately, they didn't succeed because we beat them to developing the atomic bomb, which they were doing at the time, and we're very close to finding the answer, if you know what I mean. But we found out before what happened if the Nazis had developed the atomic bomb before us, what would have happened in the world? They would have conquered everybody. And we would have been living under, possibly, you know, 70 years later, Nazi rule, oppression. And anyway, with these, going back to the extraterrestrials from the planet Hebron, 
when their spaceship blew up and they couldn't go back to their planet, actually, they were, I think, uh, depending on the number of levels you jump from, and maybe they were from a Category 2 planet, which they could adapt to slowly but surely. I can't remember if it was a 2. When you skip, when you do like one level, that is all right. But when you do multiple levels, like from a 1 to a 9, the book, Abduction to the Ninth Planet, Michael Desmarquette, the author of that book, who was abducted back in the 1980s when he was living in Australia and taken to planet Thiaouba, T-H-I-A-O-U-B-A, which is a veritable paradise in the material world, as close to uh, the real heaven as you can get, with an atmosphere of fine gold dust and pristine water, pure and unsoiled by pollution, and the air as well, and animals that don't eat each other, and it's just a paradise there. But he was only allowed to stay 10 days. If he stayed beyond 10 days, he would have died, because that's the way with different categories of evolution among planets. If you go too far forward or too far backwards, you can't survive. But anyway, these being from Hebra survived, and I think their spaceship landed somewhere several hundred miles or more north of what is presently Israel. They made a trek southward encountered some resistance from nomads because there was like two men and three women or one man and three women. And so they reproduced and thus started the Hebrew race, the Jewish race. And so, yes, they are originally, their ancestry is of a higher evolutionary category. That's why they've been discriminated against all these years, persecuted because people think they're smarter than them, but it's more than that. They are more spiritually developed in their ancestry than we are here born on planet Earth, or maybe those who come from a, another planet of a similar evolutionary category born on planet Earth, or maybe moved here also in the past, you know, like the beings from Atlantis that populated that continent in the North Atlantic Ocean or the beings from Lemuria Omu in the Pacific Ocean, they actually came from a planet. The first human beings on Earth came from a planet called Bakaterini in the Milky Way galaxy. There were a black race and a yellow race. The black race settled in Australia. The yellow race settled in Burma, China, and India. This was approximately 1.5 million years ago the first human beings on planet Earth. Now, according to my best estimate, planet Earth is approximately 2 million years old. You want to believe what some people say, just because they have degrees and don't really have a viable method to determine the accurate age of planet Earth, then go ahead, believe them. But this is what I've learned. Take it from me, the Reverend Blake Ruby. Planet Earth is approximately 2 million years old, and our sun is a, maybe a few more million years old, but certainly not four billion years old. I think some people, they like to exaggerate to show how important they are. I'm sorry to say that. You know, it's unfortunate, but that's the reality. 
killed him over World War II and in the Korean War and the Vietnam War. Desert Storm Wars keep on going throughout the years, my friends. Will they ever stop? Will we ever have peace on Earth? Who wants peace? Who wants to die? Don't you like this beautiful world with the variety of life, over a million types of insects, 30 types, thousand types of fish in the ocean seas, rivers, and lakes, over 10,000 types of birds, 10,000 types of reptiles, 9,000 types of amphibians, 5,000 types of mammals. If all this life happened by accident, logically it could happen on any one of the trillion-plus planets in the universe. Trillions are trillions, actually, my friends. Trillions of planets. They're discovering more and more each day with the James Webb Telescope, the Kepler Space Telescope. Yeah, that's covered over 1,000 so far. I think it's more like 1,300 or 1,400. They're discovering them every day they are. They've discovered over 300 solar systems. Yes, my friends, the truth is the hard, cold reality is, my friends, that every single star that you see up in the evening sky is a sun and a solar system with at least nine planets, usually on the average nine planets in that solar system. The number nine is the number of the universe, the number nine, number nine. Remember that song by the Beatles? So the Jewish people have been persecuted over the years because people don't like to think that they're better than them, but it's not their fault. Not their fault. I told you what happened. That's why they're here. They came from a superior category of evolution planet. They got stuck here. They had to stay here. They formed their race, the Hebrew race. And the population increased. They reproduced and reproduced and became what it is today. And now they're in a fight with the Palestines, Palestinians, who are probably, well, they are actually a lower-evolved race of human beings. Whenever people have to to killing each other, it means they lack the intellect to resolve their differences peacefully. They're not intelligent enough, in other words. So that's what I would say to the Palestinians, all those people out there that are going to be starting wars in the future. You need to smarten up. You're not intelligent enough. Once you get intelligent enough, you recognize that your fellow human being is a walking miracle, really, with a beating heart, an expiration date sometime in the future. It could be tomorrow. A brain that functions beautifully, controls the body, a central nervous system, 206 bones in the body, all the muscles and sinews and miles and miles of veins. We are not invincible. We are not invincible. We are fragile. We are beautifully and fearfully made, as the Bible says, which is a good book, you know, regardless of what you might say about the Bible. It's still a book. A book is a book. It was written by ordinary but inspired human beings back then, thousands of years ago, some of it. Now, don't you think 2,000 years, 4,000, 5,000 years later, people that live here on planet Earth are smarter than they were back then? 
more inspired, possibly, some of them? Yes. They just don't know it. You know, my friend, I think one reason that there is a lot of war and fighting still going on, and I'm sorry to say this, it's because of the news nowadays. People love to get their name, even if it means them dying in a hail of gunfire after an active shooting or an active war where they are blowing things up and killing people. It's all on the front pages of the newspaper and the, the news on television. And what greater medium is there on planet Earth? So we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot, so to speak, with this tremendous medium. And people get on, they love to talk, they communicate with each other, and it's it's nerve-wracking. You have to have really good skills, and there are some brilliant people that come on television, and they just love to talk, and they get paid great sums of money for talking, you know? But at the end of the day, they're just ordinary people like you and me. There's no better. We're all, all equal, created equally, fearfully and wonderfully made, and we might have an expiration date of tomorrow. We don't know. So... If we are really intelligent, then we would take advantage of the time that we have right now, this eternal present moment and now, and develop ourselves spiritually. I'm going to sing some songs today because a cappella saying, my friends, if you want to learn to be a good public speaker, learn some a cappella songs. I can sing to music. I've done it before in the past. I do it at church. I'll do it tomorrow. But when you sing a cappella, you can take your time. And sleep apnea, if you have sleep apnea, like usually us old people do when we get older, we get sleep apnea. It's because we're being stressed out by one thing or another. died. You hear about these musicians dying all the time. You need to keep that up, you know, especially playing instruments and singing. So I wish if, if I could, I would sing in front of people my a cappella music. And I have a repertoire of about over 200 songs that I've memorized. At one time, I used to go to the Wounded Warriors on Fort Sam Houston from October of 13 to just before COVID struck in February of 20. And one time I went over there and I wanted to do it. I was inspired. You know, I said, I just got to try it. And I sang maybe 10, 13 acapella songs. And then the guy, my point of contact for there came up to me afterwards and he said, one of the guests there came up to him and said, um, why wasn't he singing to music? I'm like, I say to myself, oh my God. You know, some people, they just don't get it. They want to, I guess, try to, you know, be even keeled about this. I try never to lose my temper. I'm doing pretty good at that. You know, I'm a very mild-mannered person. But that makes me wonder, you know, 
do people really want you to get ahead in this world? Do they want you to succeed? It makes me wonder sometimes. Or maybe that's just the nature of this planet we live in. You know, it's like three steps forward, two steps backwards most of the time. You know, I got to write down in my journal. Every day I write just about every day, my journal, all facets of my life, from my exercise to my training to the way I sleep, the pillow I use, things that I do to make my life easier. I have to write it down so I know how things went yesterday when I tried something different, you know. But anyway, back to the same. Here's a song called Oh Holy Night. We're getting close to that wonderful time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year. You know, Christmas time. When the baby Jesus was born in Bethlehem all those years ago, and there was a, some people call it a star, which was up above the manger, maybe 500 feet above this manger, shining a light down on the manger. People said it was a star, but my friends, heavenly bodies are in motion constantly. They can't stop. So it wasn't a heavenly body. It wasn't a star. It wasn't a sun. The truth is, and I've said some shows before in the past, it was an extraterrestrial probe rendered luminous because we have had extraterrestrial intervention in the past. Now, if you're not ready to accept that truth, then, well, you're probably a younger soul. No offense attended, unless you think maybe you're not. But how can we really tell, really, how many lives in the past we've had before we were born into this world? But anyway, back to this song, because I love this time of the year. When that great plan started, that baby was born in Bethlehem, and he was born to a mother, and as he was born, he crossed that river of oblivion, that veil where his memories of his past lives and universal knowledge was wiped out from his mind, and he amazed a lot of people because he was a very advanced soul a very developed soul indeed, but he didn't have the knowledge it takes to perform miracles. So he left that area at age 12 with his brother, Yuriki, and they went to China, Burma, and India. Yuriki got killed. Jesus wound up in Japan where he got married, had children, and died of a ripe old age of 90-some years old. If you don't believe me, check the Internet. It will say that. Then many years later, like about 30 years, no, not quite that many, it would have been uh, approximately 18 years later, the extraterrestrial from Playa Uba showed up under the cover of night in a spaceship. His astral body was put into a physical human body that was made by the the great leaders on the planet Playa Uba, just like in the movie Avatar, he put his astral body into a human body, not a blue body, and walked around for three years and performed those miracles with the help of his spaceship. And he died on the cross, and of course, when they put him in the tomb, he was beamed aboard the spaceship. Yes, beaming technology is something that's quite common among civilizations of a higher evolutionary category that had been in existence for millions of years longer than us, my friends. I'm sorry to say that the Milky Way galaxy is not 
one of the newer galaxies. It's an older galaxy, and there are many other galaxies and all the thousands and thousands of solar systems within them that were created before our Milky Way galaxy. And if you didn't know by now, the universe is teeming with life because our creator, the creative universe, is a creator of sentient beings and planets and suns, stars, and moons, and spirit children also, the souls and spirits of beings, sentient beings. So once he was beamed aboard the spaceship, then they repaired his wounds. They left those holes in his hands and feet just to show that it was him that had been crucified. They brought him back to life, just like in the movie Avatar, you know, simple technology, easy to do. You just have to know how, that's all. And then for 40 days, he walked around. I would have loved to have seen the look on people's faces. Oh, that would have been so interesting, my friend. And then he ascended up, 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 very good technology, also a tractor beam or something that they could strap around their waist and help them to levitate up, up, up beyond the clouds. What a faith builder that was, right? Everything the disciples had seen, everything they'd gone through, all the miracles that they witnessed, all of them, right? And then his resurrection, eating breakfast with them on the Sea of Galilee beach, and then ascending up beyond the clouds, what they thought was into heaven. But he ascended up into the spaceship. And I do believe his spirit, or maybe the spirit of the Jesus that was born in Bethlehem is in heaven, because I believe that he might have gone back to Thiawuba to continue his life as one of the extraterrestrials there. I just realized that. That's an interesting thought. The Jesus that we see when we get to heaven, our spirit and our soul gets to heaven, might be the one that was born in Bethlehem. Hmm, interesting. For me, I don't know about for you, because um, my knowledge on that is even more, probably, than what I just mentioned to you. But anyway, here's this song. I'm going to take a drink of water. Hmm. Oh, holy night. The stars are brightly shining. It is the night of Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, oh, hear the angels. Your voices, oh, night divine, oh, night when Christ was born, oh, night divine, 
O night, O holy night. Truly he taught us to love one another. His law is love, and his gospel is peace. Change shall he break, for the slave is a brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy in grateful chorus raise, we let all within us praise his holy name. Fall on your knees, O sheep, angel voices, O night divine, O night. When Christ was born, O night divine, O night, O holy night. You know, I just saw a dog walk by our fence on the outside. A white dog, I think it belongs down two houses down. I think I can still see him. Funny. He stopped. He stood there for a while listening. Well, I take that as a compliment, you know? Anyway. God, the creator of the universe, is out there, my friends. God, the creator of the universe. Do you know God? God, the creator of the universe, my friends, is not an it, it's not a he, it's not a she. The creator of the universe is simply the creator. So, the creator is like an aurora borealis. Imagine that. An electricity field, an energy so powerful. A being, if you will, that is omniscient, that knows everything, everything that is omnipotent, that can do anything like magic, anything, anything. There you have the creator of the universe. And you know what? The creator of the universe is cool, is cool. Yeah, I mean, you can talk to the creator of the universe like I have and say something like, hey, creator, how you doing? What's up? And you come back. I say he because I use that pronoun because for convenience. Going all right. How about you? You know, I love you. I love you too. There was a near death experience. You got to check it out on YouTube. Donna Rebado, R E B A D O W. Or you could type in N D E for near death experience, creator of the universe. She almost drowned. And in fact, she thought she was dead. Her lungs were filled with water. And she was taken up into eternity. There was a veil. She went through. And then 
she saw the creator come over planet Earth, and she described the creator as an aurora borealis, a huge, immense field of electric kind of energy. And she started a conversation with the creator. She said, oh, my God, you're the creator of the universe. And the creator came back instantly, telepathically. Yes, I'm the creator of the universe. I am the creator of the universe. And she said, you know everything instantly. I know everything. And so the creator said, I even know how many grains of sand are on a beach in New Zealand. And immediately she was transported down to this beach, and she knew in her mind instantly how many grains of sand were on that beach. And the creator said, I even know how many hairs you have on your head and every being's head in this world, not to mention all the other worlds out there. Isn't that something? And so she was kind of contemplating her fate, you know, what was going to happen. She thought she was dead. Her body was down there underneath the water, you know? And so the creator said, now check this out for cool. How's this? So, Donna, what do you want to do now? And she said, well, since you created me, I leave the choice to you. Well, a few seconds later, she was going back down into her body and on her way down, the creator said to her, and she swears to God she heard this, good answer, she was going back into her body. Now, isn't that a cool creator of the universe? Yeah. So she got in her body. She felt hands pick her up, although there was no one around, pick her up above the water to the surface of the water, slap her on the back to get the water out of her lungs. There was no one there. She spewed all these gallons of water out. And then her, um, it's a long story. You got to check out the video. It turned out that the boat that was dragging her, she, this rope, tow rope uh, on this key boat had wrapped around her leg. That's what pulled her under the water when the boat was trying to go to the shore because the boat apparently was sinking. And this was a boat that wasn't supposed to sink. It was like a, a designer deck so that she could meet the creator of the universe and then she could share her story with everyone, you know. But this boat wasn't supposed to sink and they were taking a baby on board back to the shore. But anyway, the, her, uh, what's it called? The, the, the husband of her sister, the husband-in-law, brother-in-law. Oh, I feel so ashamed not knowing this. The, um, the husband of her sister said he felt a hand on her shoulder, on his shoulder, and he turned around, and that's when he noticed that he was dragging her instead of the lake toy, which they had left behind, um, brother-in-law. Yeah, that's it. Anyway, check that out. I think this is a good time for another song right now, my friends. And there's a lot of other near-death experience videos out there on YouTube that are just mind-blowing and revealing. I mean, they will give you a level of spiritual development that you won't find anywhere else. I tell you, I guarantee you. It's helped me learning from other people and can help you too. So here's one called Silent Lucidity by Queenslike. It's a 
pretty popular song. It came out in the early 90s by a band called Queen's Rife, which I've seen three times in concert. Hush now, don't you cry. Wipe away the teardrop from your eyes. You're lying safe in bed. In your head. Your mind tricked you to feel the pain of someone close to you leaving the game of life. So here it is another chance. Why awake you face the day? Your dream is over. It's begun. There's a place I like to hide. A doorway that I run through in the night. Relaxed child, you were there. But only didn't realize. And you were scared. It's a place where you will learn to face your fears, retrace the years, and ride the whims of your mind. Commanding in another world, suddenly you hear and see this magic new dimension. I will be watching over you. I'm going to help to see you through. I'll protect you in the night. I'm smiling next to you in silent lucidity. And then it goes, there's another verse, but I think I'll hold it off right there. So I love to sing. You know, I've been singing since 2010, earnestly, you know, I learned all those songs. We used to go down and sing for the Wounded Warriors. And that was back when they were coming from Iraq and Afghanistan, and there was a lot of wounded soldiers at that time. And I would go set up my equipment at the Warrior and Family Support Center. It's a really beautiful place. Now it's like a ghost town, you know, because we pulled out of Afghanistan and Iraq, too. And they used to provide lunch for them all the time and have all these activities. And they had the decorations of the season and, you know, Halloween, of course, you know, this time of year, Easter, Christmas, you name it, Valentine's Day, all throughout the year. And I would go there and I would set up my equipment, buy the couches, and I would usually go when they had lunch. They didn't have it every day of the week, but two or three times a week. And... It was very laid back and casual. They would walk by me. Some of just watching television, talking with each other, and I would sing my song. It was a great experience. Probably one of the best things I've done, besides being a member of the gospel choir on Lackland Air Force Base in Freedom Chapel. I've done that for over 10 years now, going on 11 years. And anyway... I'm going to take a drink of water. What am I doing on time? 6.41. By the way, I didn't mention that I was gone 
for two weeks. And I think BBS Radio played a rerun of my show last two Saturdays. And they might have also played music. I don't know. I went on a cruise the previous week from the 23rd through the 30th of September. And we went from Galveston to Honduras to Belize, Cozumel, aboard the Carnival Vista. And that was my diamond cruise for me. My wife, she's still platinum. But this was my diamond cruise, which meant that I had over 200 days cruising with Carnival, dating back to 2003. So I've been taking cruises one or two a year, sometimes more than that. And this year, that was our fourth cruise. We got one more coming up, God willing, in December, the 23rd to the 30th, on the Carnival Jubilee, which is a brand new ship that's coming over from Europe. It's on its maiden voyage, and so that should be really interesting. I go to karaoke. You know, this last one, I sang five songs. But there's so much interest in karaoke that I'm usually the first one up there, you know, maybe among the first five. One time I started, you know, and then there is a line that forms. And by the time I might get around to singing my second song, I have to wait like an hour and we usually just go to dinner, you know, and eat dinner. And by the way, I'm a vegan, 99% vegan. I find cruises are great because they have buffets and they've got different ways I can get my protein with beans and garbanzo beans and eggplant and mushrooms. And I eat a little bit of dairy, not much, you know, in the dessert. I don't eat the whole dessert, maybe just two, three bites, you know, and that's enough for me. I eat a lot of fruit and vegetables, you know, and I try to take some protein with me too also. And I have a good time. I've been a vegan since 1999. And I might make an exception every once in a while. Like uh, we went to the restaurant on Friday night. That is one of the... um, restaurants where you pay extra and my wife had some lamb chops and I had I, that's what I used to have side baked mushroom and one of the perks for being diamond diamond status now but some of the food I do eat has a little bit of dairy, a little bit of egg, you know. And I'm doing okay. You know, I go out, I exercise all the time. I try to walk and do a little bit of running each day. Combination of both, you know. I've been doing that for quite a while now. I love spring. In a way, although back in the day, when I used to run with the army and run for distance, it seemed like um, more raw energy. You see football players, you know, football players, they've been playing today, and they have this, and they have to eat hundreds and hundreds of calories, you know, eat food that gives them all the calories they need to form that incredibly strenuous exercise. 
you know. And anyway, one of the reasons I wanted to ensure my longevity, and it's all about digestion, you know. Having donated one of my to my son back in 1995, I realized after four years that I needed to get on a healthier diet. And what healthier diet is there than vegetarian or vegan? Anyway, so I find cruises really perfect for me. And they usually have the vegetarian. They've got Indian vegetarian, which is really delicious. Rice and curry and some other stuff. You know, it's really tasty. And I think it's sufficient grams of protein in it. But anyway, how about another song? One of my songs, and one thing I complained about, I did a survey recently for the cruise, you know, I said, the karaoke can be better. People love karaoke. But why do they have a microphone with a cord on it when they can have wireless microphones? People would love, they would flock to karaoke if they had wireless microphones. Now, the host has a wireless microphone, but you give a couple of wireless microphones to some of the young, younger men and women that come out there and love to sing songs, you know, and they'll go crazy for that. Also, they need to increase their repertoire of songs. They have these karaoke machines, but they only have one song by the Eagles. Oh, my God. One of the most popular bands of all time, the Eagles. And all they had was Seven Bridges Road. You know, they didn't have Take It Easy or Hotel California or Peaceful Easy Feeling or Tequila Sunrise or Best of My Love. You know? Seven Bridges Road. So here's Seven Bridges Road. I've sung it many times. And please, I think when you go out and look at the evening sky tonight, think about this. All those stars out there, which are really suns and solar systems and planets, that we're not alone. Before I sing, I just got to tell you one more other thing, too. I gave a speech today at my Toastmasters Club this morning. Called Close Encounter. You've heard of Close Encounters of the Third Kind, right? You got to check out the video. It's free. It's always free. Sometimes they charge money. Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. If you are one of them that don't believe, we are alone, not alone in the universe. You don't believe that there's life out there. I guarantee you, if you watch that video, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, narrated by Dr. Stephen Greer, one of the smartest men that I know, it will change your mind, I guarantee you, that we are not alone, that there is life out there, that there has been a cover-up, not only in the U.S., but around the world. Governments don't want us to know the truth. We can't handle the truth. I mentioned that before, right? Also, for the national security reasons I mentioned, but you need to know that there is life out there. It will turn our planet around completely. It is what we need in our next step in our evolution. But anyway, those stars out there, it's getting dark here in San Antonio. The weather's changing. It's getting cooler. The leaves, I can already tell, are turning a little bit browner. Anyway, those stars, I'm going to look at them tonight, my friends. I hope you are, too. Think of those ETs out there. You can communicate with them if you love me, if you said Send loving, kind, peaceful thoughts out there to them. They're out there. They're watching. Some they, they really are concerned for us, you know. They see stuff like this happening today, what happened. Over 200 Israelis killed. And 
you know, it kind of breaks their hearts, I think. You know, anyway, here's... I'm going to take a few drinks of water. For my vocal cords. stars in the southern sky, southward as you go, there is moonlight and moss in the trees, down the seven bridges road now I have loved you like like some lonesome child and I have loved you in a tame way and I have loved you wild sometimes there's a part of me wants to turn from here and go running like a child from these warm stars down the seven bridges road. There are stars in the southern sky. And if ever you decide there is a taste of time, sweet and honey, down the seven bridges Seven Bridges Road by the Eagles, my friend. It's a beautiful song. Makes me think of those stars that are out there that we can't see during the day, right? We know they're out there. Let me tell you something, if I may. If you were really to get beyond the atmosphere of planet Earth and look into the Milky Way galaxy and the universe beyond, you would see not one square inch of sky that wasn't covered by hundreds of stars. Not one square inch that wasn't covered with stars, lots of stars, you know? There are so many stars and suns that are the same thing in the universe. So many, my friends, but we can only see a fraction of them because of the Earth's atmosphere and because of the light from the city the towns that we live by, you know? Here's another song. I'm running out of time. I think I got time for one more. 
Time in a bottle. If I could save time in a bottle, the first thing that I'd like to do is save every day till eternity passes away just to spend them with you. If I could make days last forever, if words could make wishes come true, I'd spend every day just like a treasure, and then again, I would save them for you. But there never seems to be enough time to do the things you want to do. Won't you find them? I've been around enough to know and I want to go through time with. If I had a box just for wishes and dreams that had never come true, that box would be empty except for the memory of how they were answered by you. But there never seems to be enough time to the things you want to do. Once you find them, I've been around enough to know for the ones I want to go through. It's out there. It's everywhere. Everything was created. No reason to be afraid, my friends, with all this war going on, right? We've got to take it to another level. We've got to make contact with the extraterrestrials we know that are out there and prove to them that that small minority is causing war. These bullies, these murderers, these dictators, these tyrants, they're not us. They're, and let's not attempt them to put their name on the front page of the newspapers. And let's not give them a lot of airtime. That's what they want. Be careful of the news out there. They're not really concerned with what's best for us as a human race, as a civilization. They get paid big money to be on news, you know. Some of these news reporters, they make $5 million plus a year. So they're not really concerned about telling the truth or, or how it's going to affect us, you know, in our spiritual development. Just be aware of that, my friends. I've got one minute to go. So my prayer is, creator of the universe, how great you are. We love you. You know that. You know us. You know how many hairs are on our head. You know everything. We need your help, please. We're living in a planet of a lower evolutionary category where war has been prevalent over the centuries and is still going on. Help us to end war so we can have peace. We want to love each other. We want that universal love to join with our brothers and sisters in spirit in the intergalactic community. Help us, please, God. Thank you. Goodbye, everybody. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.